0: I'm Emma. And I am Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations that we keep giving each other. This week, it's Jenny's Pick.
1: Yeah, this week we'll be talking about
0: Coco. Um, But before that, Emma? I have a spotlight swap. And we are on fire today. I have my creepy professional voice on. I'm ready to talk. My spotlight swap this week is the actress Brittany Young.
1: Okay. Um,
0: who I don't think you know because pretty much the only thing she's done is Glow. Um, but Brittany Young plays Carmen on Glow. She's also in three episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, and she is the only cast member from Glow I follow on Instagram. Uh, I would say currently, but actually just ever, um, because I started following her after the first season. I love, I love Glow. I'm so, 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 so sad that it is canceled. I'm like really frustrated and angry uh with netflix and i'm like i understand i understand that these are unprecedented times but come on come on Mm. anyways i picked Brittany young especially to highlight because she is i just love her instagram so much she's so sweet and she posts book recommendations and she like really soothed my brain during the uh presidential election she was like uh optimistic without being cloying or blind to the incredibly high stakes of the election and she was uh, very like open about like this is my voting plan do you have a voting plan and she was just like i don't know i really like her social media personality obviously i don't know her in real life mm-hmm. um but in glow playing carmen she's one of carmen is one of my favorite characters and Ooh. she like is introduced it's a, it's an ensemble show with like allison brie and betty Gilpin's characters the heart of it And Carmen's character kind of starts off as one of the main characters because she's the only character with actual wrestling experience. Mm. Um, And then over the seasons, it was, like, kind of frustrating to watch her part get smaller, but she still has, like, some really good moments. And I just love the Carmen character and was really looking forward to season four because they set her up for a really interesting plot at the end of season three, which, again, just makes me want to yell that I won't see it. And then another thing on, like, layers and layers and layers of my feelings about Glow where I there's one actually has nothing to do with Carmen or Brittany Young, but, like, there's one episode in season three of *Blow* that is really good, and now I can't remember what it's called, but if you're watching it, I'm talking about the episode where they all go camping. Um, and there's a really, really emotional scene where two characters who have been fighting about, like, very personal things finally talk about why they've been fighting, and, like, talk about how one of the characters is Cambodian, and talking about how her, her family's experience is Cambodian refugees, and one of the other characters mm-hmm. is Jewish, and talking about her experience. Like, it's set in the 80s of her fa- like, her parents being, like, experiencing the Holocaust and all of these things. And I remember reading about how uh, the actors who played these characters were consulted when writing this episode. And I remember right at the time thinking, oh, that's really neat that they would consult the characters. Like, that's a really smart move to do. And then Brittany Young, amongst the other women of color on GLOW, uh, Brittany Young was born in Tokyo. She's uh, half black. And she and the other women of color on the show, actually, after GLOW got canceled, posted a letter that they had sent to the GLOW production team after filming was initially paused back in March of, we are in the final season of this show, we are so frustrated with the way that our characters are the ones whose storylines are continually being cut down, and it's really frustrating for us, and like, Brittany Young especially had this really good post, so she's like, GLOW was my dream job, GLOW is the best job I've ever had, it's what made me believe, like, I can't believe I got to actually be an actress. Mm -hmm. And then they, like, did this whole push and then talked about also how it's now doubly frustrating for them that GLOW got canceled because, A, GLOW for them was never the show they wanted it to be, and then they were really pleased that the producers and writers of GLOW actually listened to their requests, and so they were actually in the process of rehauling season four because production had stopped, so they had this intention Mm -hmm. of going in and developing these storylines further when production eventually resumed, which now it's never going to do. Anyways, I just really love – I love all of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I really love Brittany Young and the way she spoke about this, and I love Carmen as a character, and I just love Brittany Young's, like, public persona.
1: Can you – explain what exactly is her public persona? Okay,
0: I guess I'm not really explaining it. Yeah, her her, – if you just look her up on Instagram, like, her – I don't know. She's just, like – her Instagram does not have, like, this – Sheen of influencer so much as someone who is just genuinely sharing things she really, really loves. Wow. So she like has a book club where she posts what books she's reading. She just posts like photos of her brother's business and it's like, Hey, my brother started this clothing company. It's my brother, so that like, you should support it and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just really love her Instagram. I love her character. She seems like such a warm person I don't know I just want to be Brittany Young's friend really badly I think Brittany Young is really really cool um and so if you ever do watch Glow like Carmen on Glow is such a good character and I just like think she's so funny and charming and she was like that in the show and then I started following her on Instagram and I was like oh I think you're just like that in real life I want to be your friend
1: yeah I've only seen Uh. the first episode or maybe the first and second episode of Glow and I remember I liked it but it was at a time when there was, like, so many other things, and I was like, I just don't have time. So I may revisit it, because I know how much you like it as well.
0: I really like it. Like, I, th- I think it's, it says so many interesting and smart things, and it was, like, hard for me, hard for me to read and be like, I'm sad that this show was not everything I wanted it to be behind the mm. scenes, but I still think, like, I still think it's such a good and important show, and I care about all of the characters on it so deeply, and I want all of the actresses to succeed, like, Sunita Mani is wonderful. Um, Ellen. Oh, no, I can't remember her name. She also plays Knife Show Scott Pilgrim. She's from Ontario, and now I can't remember her name. Jenny slash Ellen on GLOW. Like, I want all these actresses to succeed, obviously, but, like, yeah. Brittany Young just seems so cool, and this was her first acting gig beyond, like, a three-episode... Three episodes on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Wow. So I'm like, I really... You're so cool. I really want <laughs> you to succeed and keep, keep acting because she seems neat, and that's my... I, yeah, that's my spotlight stop. I just think Brittany Young is really neat. Yeah. And I guess I am going to sneak in a second one, uh, because I have, uh, I feel like this is what you expected me to talk about. Uh, the Supernatural finale is tomorrow. We're, uh, uh, God, my brain actually just <laughs> shut down in real time. <laughs> um, when Jenny and I recorded Crazy, uh, not Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Jenny and I recorded Singing in the Rain two weeks ago, um, it was November 4th and we were on the phone afterwards because we like to just catch up because we love each other and we're friends <laughs> and she was like oh man are you going to watch Supernatural live tomorrow because I've been trying to get caught up and I was like no but I think I'll be caught up in time for next week and I don't think like anything major will happen and she was like oh do you think they're going to make Destiel canon?" and I was like I mean my highest hope is that they like maybe hold hands under a yes. table and then the next night my phone starts buzzing I open Tumblr my Tumblr is like <laughs> populating like it never has before I called my sister I instantly started sweating i had to take off my shirt i got so hot and i was trying to pull the video off of my phone kept crashing and i was just like yelling it was one of the most you chaotic were and nights of my life i straight up was like i i couldn't eat or sleep for like two days after that <laughs> it, was it was a time facts. um anyways and now they've just like they've elevated the stakes so much um because uh, a, a love confession is more than I could have, could have dreamed of, and now it's happened. And tomorrow, they've wrapped up all of the main plot lines. Tomorrow is just the character-driven finale.
1: I believe in you. So I my believe my life is it. also
0: on tonight. Is the last night before tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, all that that entails. Good luck sleeping tonight, my darling. I know. I've been going to bed at, like, 2 a.m. every night. It's been fun. I just, like... I I... don't know how either of us are going to sleep
1: tonight. It will be fine. It's also
0: a really big night for Jenny. Do you want to say why?
1: Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) tomorrow the new BTS album comes out. Pacific time, it's, like, 9 p.m. The rest of the world, it's, like, the next day, next day. But by the time this comes out, it's already been out. But BTS's album B comes out. And this is the first time of me being part of ARMY and an uh, album has come out. Well, they, their J- Japanese album came out, but, like, their worldwide album. So, I'm very nervous and very excited and happy to be a part of something while it happens. So, I definitely understand Emma's excitement.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, this has also been, like, like... I'm so excited that, like, I'm so excited that the universe just, in this wild, black-ass year, brought everything together that I got really invested in Supernatural in time. Like, I literally did get yeah. caught up, like, like, last week. Like, it's just all happening at the, the right time, and it's been so fun to see all these Supernatural blogs I used to follow that have been, like, not Supernatural blogs for years. Suddenly, yeah. we're all, we're all just in it again, and we're like, I saw some people, like, very ra- rightfully making fun of it, and I'm like, no understand i I, your feelings are valid but in this case only positivity only love and laughter and light like i can't even say i'm afraid to say the things i'm afraid will happen out loud because i don't want to tempt the universe
1: (laughs) yeah i'm the thing with being a part of a fandom is that it's very comforting especially like during covid times when things can feel very isolating but like being interested in things that are still going on, like Supernatural is being airing, or, like, BTS albums. Like, it's something that connects you to the outside world, even though you can't see them or be there physically for things. You still feel this connection that, like, things keep happening, and... One of my mutuals yeah. was
0: posting today about how much Dean reminds them of Pierre Bazooka from Great Comet and I was like, Woo <laughs> 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 This is for me. <laughs> this is for me. Um and like I just yeah, it is it has been such a like unifying experience for me of like like everyone is just so in it and invested. And it also is really reminding me we like need to start talking about Coco, but also just like the joy of experiencing things that you have to wait for, like, yeah. I haven't done non-binge watching in a while, and, like, waiting,
1: like, these past couple weeks for new Supernatural episodes to drop have been Well, that's thrilling. the thing. Like, with binge culture, like, it's sometimes super helpful to not have to wait, because sometimes it's, like... If you watch something that's already been released, you're like, how in the world would I have been able to wait this long, right? But then mm-hmm. when you think of, like, when we started watching How to Get Away with Murdered, like, that was the exciting part. You're, like, oh waiting God, that a That was, week. like, the highlight of my week every week. Right? And it was exciting. We didn't know what's going to happen. So things are built in that way for this hype. And it's always exciting when it meets that hype. Sometimes it doesn't. But the fact of, like, waiting and also, like, but everyone else is on the same page as you. There's no spoilers because no one knows. No one knows. No one happen. knows,
0: and like with Supernatural right now, no one knows what's gonna happen because everything we thought wouldn't happen has already happened. So we, yeah. I don't know what they're gonna do next. And like getting back into Supernatural, like I talked about this like a month ago, but like if you used to watch Supernatural. Try getting back into it, because, like, I think season 11 is my favorite season, but honestly, like, season 11 onwards is some of the biggest, are the best years of the show right now, as Mm. far as I'm concerned. Like, they are so, everyone just, like, seems much more at ease of, like, we're still here, why not? (laughs) And so it's just, like, there's so many good, funny episodes and character moments, and all the actors have been playing these parts for so long that, like, it's just still lived in show, and I think everyone, it looks like everyone actually had a good time making it, and, like, you can feel it.
1: Should we start Andrew, talking about yeah, Coco? Because we're going to talk. Yes. Okay. Um Okay. But b- before we start, I just want to heads up. If you hear, like, random screaming or, like, weird sounds coming from my audio today, that I live with a bunch of nerds, and we're recording on a day we usually don't, and someone's playing D&D outside my room. <laughs> so, if you hear something, that's okay. But just, just in case you do, don't panic. I'm safe. Everyone's safe. I don't know if they are. It's they're fine. playing curses, trod. so we'll see how they're doing. Anywho. Um, so... Coco! <laughs> Completely other note! of um, yes. Yeah, so Coco is Pixar's 19th featured film, which is bizarre. Um, so many. So many films. So this film came out in 2017 and I did not know a lot about this movie before it came out. I know it was teased for a while untitled Pixar movie about the Day of the Dead and that's pretty much all people knew. And then eventually they came up with the name Coco. And everyone's like, what does that mean? I don't know. What does that mean? And then it Coco. And before we get into the specifics of the movie, this is also known as, if you saw it in theaters, um, this was the short, I put short in quotations, the short that played before this was Olaf's Frozen Adventure. I call it a short because it was 21 minutes long. So a That's lot of people, too long. <laughs> it's not a short. That's I, a suffering. suffering. <laughs> so uh, there there was counts of people leaving the theater thinking they went to the wrong movie. Because they thought they'd actually stumbled upon Forzen 2. Or, like, they didn't understand what was happening because it was 21 minutes long. That's too long. I, now you're saying that, I remember that. Because I...
0: It was, like, Coco came out right after I moved to Toronto, so, like, I didn't know anyone, and I, mm. I am someone who loves going to the movies by themselves, so I was still going to the movies, and I remember being like, should I go see Coco? And then I remember seeing that
1: there was, like, a really long Frozen short, and I was like, no, I'll watch Coco later. Yes. <laughs> and later is today. <laughs> um it was yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> yes. Um, so, I just want to preface in the beginning, I I am not Mexican. I don't know everything about Mexican culture or how to say... Like Spanish words very well, or to um, know the exact protocols for um, celebrations like the Day of the Dead, Um, but the the more I want to talk about for this movie is the feeling the movie gives me, or um, the themes and stuff that are in the movie, but we'll touch on some of those things as well, because it is essential to the movie as well. To
0: answer the question of our podcast, had I heard of Coco? Yes, I had heard of Coco. Um, I had first heard of Coco when it was just announced that Pixar was doing a Day of the Dead-centered film, unnamed, and it, that was announced right after The Book of Life came out, which is a yes. non-Disney uh, movie which I think Guillermo del Toro produces, and I remember people being mad, and they were like, Pixar is just stealing this idea. That. And then it was just a moment of, like, they are... And I remember... Just thinking, and I was like, kind of grumpy because I love the Book of Life, and I think the Book of Life should have gotten more attention. And then I was like, Emma, calm down a little bit. There can be more than one story. Like, think about how many Halloween movies there are. How many Christmas? I know these are not like a one uh, exactly. I know these are not like one to one to one comparisons of holidays. But it was just like I know nothing about the Day of the Dead beyond mm-hmm. like what I have learned from movies. So I think we're both going to be coming up from the perspective of like, Coco is like. Is good. Coco is a very, very good. Anyways, but like, we're coming at it from without any personal experience. But like, Coco, I think, does, from my perspective, seem like a really good introduction of these traditions and this
1: holiday to people
0: who don't know yes. about it.
1: It's delightful. In twenty fifteen, I think I called it D twenty. It's D twenty three Expo. I may have called it D twenty, but you know what? D twenty because D and D's in my mind. That's why I said D twenty probably. Mm-hmm. But D twenty three Expo um, in twenty fifteen. This is, like, what they quoted as what Coco is. They said, Coco is the celebration of a lifetime where the discovery of a generation's old mystery leads to the most extraordinary and surprising family reunion. And you know what? That's facts. I think that's, like, the perfect sentence to describe this specific film. And Part of my job right
0: now is to write log lines, and I hate it, because I am not good at concisely explaining anything in my entire life. And I'm like, okay, well, there's this, but then also there's this. So, like, them being like, here's one sentence to sign a power movie. And I'm like,
1: good job. Good job. Yes, yes. Um, so, Emma, when you first... What were your first initial thoughts of this film when you were watching Okay, it? so
0: I... Presumably, did at some point see a trailer for this movie. I feel like I saw a teaser and then never a full trailer. Mm. Um, and it's been three movies since this movie three three since this movie came
1: out. It's been three years since this movie
0: came out. Ultimately, the only thing I did know about Coco was that "Remember Me" won the Oscar. Yes, and that uh, Gail Garcia Burnell sang "Remember Me" at the Oscars. Which Mm. I did not expect to be, like, a plot giveaway and ended up kind of being a plot giveaway because Mm. I love Gail Garcia Bernal and now I'm worried I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Maybe I should have looked this up beforehand. I think he's a very handsome, charming, talented actor and I enjoy his work um, in many things. And so I knew his voice. So when he, Ah. when Hector appeared, I was like... Uh... Ah also when they introduced and then but it was it was funny actually because I knew nothing about the plot but then when they introduced Dela Cruz having Song Remember Me as like a fun song and I was like, That's not how it sounded at the Oscars. It was like a sad (laughs) ballad at the Oscars. So then I was like, Oh, it's gonna come back later and then I was like that's Benjamin Bratt's voice. That's not, like, that's not Gal Garcia Brunel's voice. So then I was like, oh, okay. So then my brain was, like, putting all these pieces together. I was literally that meme of the woman doing math. Yes. And I was like, so I I was feeling, I was really into this movie, and, like, 35 minutes in, I was watching it in the bathtub. got out of the bath, moved into my bed, um, and was, like, feeling really chuffed. I was like, I've got this plot figured out. And I did not,
1: Actually. Did you not?
0: Oh! I had, I had most of it figured out, but I, I'm yelling, I'm just yelling, I had most of it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, as we talk through the plot, I'll kind of tell you where where I okay. was still quite surprised. And then also, I remembered, I, at the time this movie came out, was working at a chocolate shop as a barista, not making chocolates, <laughs> um, and I remember working, it was at, at the Toronto Christmas market, so it was freaking insane, and I would be, like, at the bar with this girl, and her talking to me about how I should really go see Coco, and she was like, I cried so hard, um, and she's also the girl who made fun of me for crying at Lady Bird, so, like, okay, um, (laughs) I don't hold grudges, who, me? (laughs) Yeah, And, anyways, and so then I was watching Coco, and I remembered this comment, and I was like, I mean, it's moving. I'm, like, I, this was not me not enjoying it, but I was like, I'm not gonna cry. And then I cried really hard. I cried I, really
1: hard. I know, I got a Snapchat for you, and I was like, damn, it go got to PM at night? I you know, I was, like, my entire face had just crumpled inwards. This movie makes you emotional and doesn't hide the fact that they're like, we're gonna make you emotional. Because you can't not cry when they talk about death family, traditions, understanding, like love without conditions, like excuse me, this is the list of things that should make you cry. So, of course I'm going to cry. And I I used to follow a lot of YouTubers who are big Disney fans, and they got to see some of the pr- the premiere of, not the, pr- the actual premiere, but they got to go see some early viewings of it. And they were saying it was like their favorite movie ever. And I was like, oh god. Like, oh no, I gotta figure this one out. Um, so yeah, I saw it in theaters. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Pixar movie ever, but it's definitely, when I watched it last night, I had, you know that, like, lump in your throat? Like, you get emotional, but you're not crying yet? Like, that was, like, because I knew it was going to happen, and I just, like, felt it in there, like, since the beginning, but not only because of what happens, but also just people being together, you know? Yeah. I know.
0: This is literally an animated movie, and they're all skeletons And for half of it. and But there's
1: that one point where they're just, like, all in the streets, and I was like, God, I wish they were me. <laughs> I know. There's a scene where there's a huge party, and I'm like... I wrote down, I want to go to a fancy party so badly. I bought... A really fancy dress that there's nowhere I'm going to wear it ever, but oh I bought God, it. It's such a good looking dress. Thank you. <laughs> it looks so good. It's just all sequence, guys. Just envisioned sequence and then my entire body full of them. That's, that's oh my what God, it is. God, I
0: want to get dressed up so bad. Right? Okay, we can't go down this path Okay. it will
1: consume me. I will. Okay, um, so Coco. But
0: is, yeah, but okay, yes. so I, I had heard of Coco, I had known nothing about it beyond that it was the Lopez's second Oscar.
1: Yes, they so they won that, they won the best um, original song, which was, and they also won the best animated feature film as well. Oh. So they won two. Um, Good for them. Yeah. and yeah, this movie cleaned up. This movie also made a butt ton of money. It did. I think it made, like, $800 million or something. And at the I time, know. at the time it was, like, coming out, it was, I think, 16th highest grossing animation film all the time, I think, like that, like... Um,
0: I think this is also more uh, an indictment on Cars Three, but I did see one stat where Coco made more money in nineteen days than Cars did in its entire theatrical release. But I think that's more of an indictment on Cars Three and then also an indication that Coco did really well. But still it was a stat. Yes.
1: I mean it was also like Coco was like an original work when Cars Three was a uh, Cars Three a sequel, it was a, a trequel. That's not a word. The it third was like installment. a spin off sequel. Trequel, Three-quel, yeah. Yeah, we'll make another word. Um, really cool. So this film originally they had the idea in like t- apparently in twenty ten, and they had this idea for this film, but they wanted to make sure they did it right, and they didn't know exactly. Originally, they wanted to make it about a still like a young child, but originally their child was going to live in the states, and it was going to be a story about them learning about their Mexican heritage, and then they changed it to okay. be set in Mexico.
0: I like that a lot. I like that yes. a lot.
1: I agree. The more we get like diversity in film in general, but also in animation, is very important, especially because that's like early exposure for kids and stuff. And
0: exactly, and like like I said, it served as a as a twenty seven year old. It served as an entry point for me to learn more about The Day of the Dead. So like I can yeah. only imagine like if this movie like exists for like, kids who are watching it when it comes out instead of yes. as adult women.
1: One thing is that like many of these films, it unfortunately goes still in the trope. That's still going on of, like, they have a diverse cast or a diverse character. And, like, like in Princess and the Frog, she turns into the frog. And she's mostly a frog. And this, like, yeah. you go to the Day of the Dead, mostly everything are skeletons. Um, mm-hmm. But Miguel stays as a human. But, like, there are new movie Souls coming out. And it features, like, an African-American. And then he turns into, like, a wisp of a soul. So it's I seeing a pattern that I'm not happy about. I'm excited that there's that more diversity. Amazing. But, like... Yeah. <laughs>
0: Come on. Like, like we, we can tell more than, like, this one story type yes. for non-white stories. Um, one thing I was really excited about is um, that all of the cast were people of color, and I think were most of them actually Mexican. And mm, I think Anyway, so. so I was just really excited to see that as well. Yeah. Um, because uh, I work in animation, and there's just been, like some, I don't know, I, I, I'm relatively new to working in animation and so it's really interesting of, like, things I hadn't thought before, of, like, realizing a lot of characters that are animated to be, like, black women most often are then voiced by white women and I'm just like, what? why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? It's bizarre. I know, but, like, shows that, like, like I, I, there was a show that came out this summer from the, one of the creators of Bob's Burgers called Central Park, which has a black character voiced by Kristen Bell. Oh. And I'm like, this came out this summer. What? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, she is no longer attached to the show. They've replaced her actress for season two, but it's still this moment of like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why so I was really excited to see, like, also just, like, really notable actors, like Edward James Omos is in this movie. I mentioned Young for now.
1: How many times can I say his
0: name this episode? <laughs> we'll find out. Benjamin Bratt. Um, I was like, nice.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree that diversity in animation is very important, and it should go... Not just with what people see on screen, but it should go also within who's voicing those, or who's creating the artwork, or who's producing them, and yeah, it should continue going. I really going.
0: liked. I was watching the credits, and I really liked that they had like had had brought on Alfred Molina as a director and writer. That they had brought in story consultants, lifestyle mm. consultants, cultural consultants of like people to comment on all aspects of the story and give their input. And I was like.
1: Yeah, nice. and they, there's some, like, cultural things they added in there. Like, there's some cameos of characters or there's some cameos of people that I don't know because I, I I don't know a lot of the Mexican culture, but there's cameos of people that I don't even know about that are there. And Jamie Campbell is also in this movie, who is, um... Oh,
0: no. Oh, no, I can't remember his name. He's the dad from Jane Jane the Virgin, and his character's name just left my head. That's he okay. he's so embarrassed for me. But anyways, with Jamie Campbell and I was like... Oh, oh it's the dad from Jane the Virgin
1: yeah and there's there's some things in it that aren't particularly true to the culture um, the, like the spirit guides not necessarily are connected with the day of the dead necessarily like that day but it's still like a cultural thing so like they added some things in there but that was the one thing I found that wasn't completely accurate to how important that is to that specific celebration and another reason why I wanted to do Coco is because the Day of the Dead is in November. It's November first and second, so I know by the time oh. this comes out, it's like almost the end. But hey, it's still But November. hey, we,
0: we squeezed it in.
1: We snuck it in. Yes. Um, shall we get into shall we get into the plot? Before plot, I just want to talk about how freaking gorgeous the animation is of this film. <sighs> like I remember, okay, I wrote down I... multiple times in different ways. How good, like, I was like, wow, the reflection of the guitar. Wow, beautiful lighting with the candles. Amazing animation. Like, I I had to stop being like, Jenny, I get it. You like the animation. You gotta stop. But, like, the crispne- crispness of it and the colors of it and the contrast of the colors and how bright and beautiful it is and how expressive expression of the skeletons, like, they're skeletons, but you can still see what their, like, expressions are. And just, it's just such a beautiful film. Like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> It's so beautiful, and
0: I I started working in animation development specifically this year. Yes. And so, like, I am still very, very new to it, um, but watching this, I was just like, oh, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, this is so much work, and, like, obviously, obviously it's going to be a lot of work. It's Pixar. Why am I from Minnesota all of a sudden? <laughs> I don't know. Um... <laughs> it's pixar but i was just like oh my
1: god this is so gorgeous this yeah looks like, so complicated." the marigold bridge it looks so expensive and apparently if you watch like any time they play the guitar it is actual notes that is being played is how they animated it so they recorded like oh. guitarists playing and they animated it so they were animated the exact they sound were actually like playing yeah damn. That's detail. That's
0: detail, and that's what I care about. Would I have ever noticed that on my own? Absolutely not. Do I care
1: about it? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's just such, Um, like, I kept thinking about, like, the lighting of this film in particular, because, like, I remember um, Science World in Vancouver, they had the Science of Pixar as one of their traveling exhibits there. I remember going to it. They didn't do specifically Coco, but there was a section about lighting, and... Um, Like how like you can have the scene, but it's where you put the lights. And I've done, I've done one course on digital media where we did 3D animation for a brief period of time. So I know a bit about it and like, damn, there are lighting skills of like how you can tell like the glistening off of the water or the candlelight and how that reflects off of this or there's just so
0: many like lighting sources at all times. And there's so much movement. Like there is no stillness in a single frame of this movie. Everything like there is no like two frames that are the same. Everyone is constantly in motion and there's just such a sense of, of life, especially when they're in the land of the dead. There's just such a joy and, like, there's, like, drinks that are spilling over and there's food that's being cooked and people are bustling through the streets and there's all this sound and these animals and it's just, like, it's one of those ones where you're, like, you could watch this movie um, and pay attention to something different every single time and it would take you years and years yes. to get the full Cocoa experience.
1: Especially the one scene when they first arrive in the Land of the Dead and you see um, Miguel, like, look for the first time and see the city. I, like, just want that as, like, a sc- moving screensaver. Because it is amazing, like the scale of it, and it re- kind of reminds me of like, this is a horrible example, but the mines um, in the first Hobbit movie, when they go down, it's like all the goblin stuff, but like it's the different types of light in the front, way prettier, of course, but all the different types of lights, and it's like stacked on top of each other, but it's beautiful, and like the colors is such my aesthetic. Oh. Um,
0: and like you talked about the bridge with the marigold petals, and so like when you have Hector trying to sneak past oh, the bridge, and he yeah. just starts sinking into it, and it takes like suddenly the petals take like, on this like gloopy, swampy quality. Yeah. It's
1: really fun. You are like, ooh, oh, magic is happening. So cool. Anyway, I just want to talk about how gorgeous that is. Um, it's a stunning. It's a stunning, stunning uh, movie. So the basic plot of this movie is. It talks about um, Miguel, who is 12 years old, and it's about his family and their long-running history of their hatred for music. And it's great, because you get this quick little, like, summary of it, and they do it in the, like, paper. Yeah, it's like little cutouts. It's called Papel... I'm not going to say it right, but it's it's specifically Look it up. Yeah, it's like the the Mexican um, like paper banners type things, and so you get this story of this their great great grandmother and how her husband left and to be a musician, and since then they locked music musician band music they can't stand it, and so they locked it down. They started a shoe company, and their whole family does shoes and never talks about They're music. Cobblers, yes, cobblers, and then. Then we get to Miguel who loves music and like hides to do music and wants to be a musician and is so passionate and sincere and tranquil when he plays music and he just loves it so much, but he has to hide it. And I'm like, damn, this is a metaphor for a lot of stuff that kids go
0: through. It's like, it stressed me out so much yeah um even and it was one of those things where i was like i can tell that this is the plot of the film is that his family won't approve of his music so he's going to go and try it and find his grandfather i was like i can tell that this is the plot of the film but it's so devastating to see him in the square and this like mariachi go up and be like no like you should play your music here play my guitar and his grandmother just appears yeah and it's just like his family is so steeped in Anger about literally any kind of music, and it's and I was like, I understand this is for heightened dramatic effect, but I am so sad for this little boy,
1: Miguel. (gasps) (gasps) Abuelita, what are you doing here? leave my grandson alone! Donya, please! I was just getting a shine! I know your tricks, mariachi! What did he say to you? He was just showing me his guitar. <gasps> Shame on you! Uh, my grandson is a sweet little angelito perito cielito. He wants no part of your music, Mariachi. You keep away from him. <laughs> it really shows how like deep-rooted ideas, beliefs are in like family dynamics of like first of all like the mom is like so badass that like her in her mind like her husband left her and she's like I'm gonna start my own business and I'm gonna be a strong-ass woman and I'm gonna you're gonna get thing. into my massive love for mama Imelda <laughs> um I love
0: mama Melda. um and sorry just like to the end of like a steepened family tradition Okay, so this is going to take so many narrative leaps. This is, like, a spoiler for a potential episode, I guess, or a future episode. Okay. Jenny was picking what to show for me, or for, for what I should watch for this episode. Yes. And it was between this or a Celine Dion concert movie. Yes. And I have always been very adamant how I hate mm. Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I can't stand Celine Dion. <laughs> and then last year i saw an instagram post for us when celine dion was in toronto for a concert she went to go see um the production of cats that was playing touring in toronto and she has a photo of her meowing at the camera and i became fully obsessed with this photo (laughs) of celine dion and then i follow her on instagram and it's such a good time and i was like wow, I, this diva is bananas. I love seeing what yes. she gets up to next. And I was like, why do I hate Celine Dion? And it's just because my dad doesn't like Celine Dion. My dad just doesn't like her music. And so, like, my dad loves music in general. So, like, he would make this joke about, like, oh, he'll listen to everything except for Celine Dion and Celine Dion is banned in our home. And this has somehow turned into an actual hatred of Celine Dion for me. And I, yeah. I I was just like... And then I realized, that's utterly ridiculous.
1: I should just love this little diva. Not little. I should just love this diva. Um, right? It's so true. Like, there's things that you just remember, and it's just, like, that's just what it is. (laughs) And so, like, for Miguel's family,
0: it's not just Celine. It's all music. But it's just, like, for them, it's, like, this is what makes us a
1: family. We're a family because we love each other and because we hate music. And you're, like, no! Well, that's the thing. When, like, a connection is built off of, like, a specific hatred or something, or the fact of they connect a lot with traditions of if you like music, you're automatically disrespecting your family, and, like, that connection between things is a lot to put on anyone, let alone a child.
0: A 12-year-old boy. And, and like, like,
1: things change, and people's ideas and perspectives should change and develop and accept, and I just, like, just the... One day you find out that Celine Dion has a statue of her husband's hand at every show, and you're just, like, good for you, (laughs) right? And it's, it's one of those things that I just, I, I just... uh, not pray, it's not really religious, but all the kids that really love something but they have to hide it. Like, you, have you ever seen that? um, There was a commercial, and it was about a girl, and she, I think it was a girl. It was a child, and they were goth, and <gasps> yeah. And then the dad dresses up as goth and, like, paints the house black or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it's just one of the things of, like, it's not just that I'm here for you, it's that I'm
1: here with you. Yes, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about, like, how the ending happens. But, yeah, so that's pretty much the main plot of it. And it's um, happening on, um, during the celebration of the Day of the Dead. And his, his grandmother, like, takes his... A guitar and like smashes it, and he finds She out... smashed
0: the guitar. I knew that again, like, I knew that was gonna happen. I was like, I understand how movies, especially family movies, work. And then she smashed it, and I was like, I'm so sad.
1: I was that's what I thought. Yeah. That was the first time I cried watching this movie because I was just like, no. I also don't realize how emotional this film is, but I don't want people to overlook the fact of how good the comedic timing is in this film even the first couple minutes like even like the dramatic of seeing the the grandmother coming with the guitar just the way the shot is filmed there's like she's like a predator from like the jungle like all of a sudden she's there and he's like ah shit or like <laughs> when um she like throws a shoe she's like now go get the shoe or just like this movie has like it's such a, a good funny job. movie and
0: it is because like the family is bonded over their mutual hatred of music but like you even though it seems so excessive it's like so the way the family works is that like uh his great great grandfather yeah left the family and had a daughter and um now and then so the daughter's daughter is Miguel's grandmother. Yes. Are you following me? I'm not. <laughs> I am. Um, anyways, but it is, like, it is really powerful to me, like, to see that his grandmother is one who's so angry even though she never even, like, encountered this musician who abandoned his yes. family because she knows that it so deeply hurt her mother when her mother was a child. Yeah. She is, like, like it, it's, like, an act of defense for her mother and it's just, like, this family is just, like, built in an immense love and sense of protection for each other as yes. well. Yes. Which is, like, and so they can do things where they can, like, yell and scrabble and, like, run around and... Exactly. It's because they're family. Like, there's this, this, this like, built-in level of, uh, I want to say, like, comfort and tension in this family that is very relatable and realistic.
1: Right. And so he... So Miguel um, has this obsession over this one musician who is from his local town... Uh, whose name is Ernesto de la Cruz. And he is a movie star. He's a musician. He's from the town. He is in love with this guy. Like, he idolizes him so deeply because he's a musician from his own town. Like, that could be me, is kind of how he's thinking. And yeah, he's one of the greatest
0: musicians who ever lived.
1: Exactly. And on um, For the Day of the Dead, you have photos and food um, up on an altar. I think it's called the Ofrenda. And they... Um, have photos of all the family there, except for with um, the, the quote the unquote patriarch. The patriarch, yes. Um, the patriarch at the top with the face of the husband cut out, and he finds out that he, he accidentally the picture breaks because of a dog, and from Dante, and he opens it and he sees the guitar that is holding is the same guitar as Ernesto de la Cruz, and he's like, oh my god, that is my grandfather, that I am a musician, mu- like. I am great. I, this is why I have this connection with music. This is going to be amazing, and he need, he wants to perform at um, this festival in town. But to do that, needs a guitar. He breaks into the resting place of Ernesto Dela Cruz. Yes, and um, tries to steal the guitar. However, that's not that's a curse not allowed. Upon your home, <laughs> kid. Don't steal. Anywho. Especially all of this... not on the Day of the Dead. Exactly. And this is one of, like, the coolest animation or, like, whoa moments when all of a sudden, like, people start knocking on the door. They're like, oh, my God, someone stole the guitar. And he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he, like, goes through the, the key, like, the groundskeeper. And you're like, oh, my God. What is happening? And then he falls down, and someone's like, oh, I can help don't you. Don't rob, Grace. And then he picks him up, and the person is a skeleton. And it's not scary. They do such a good job of not making the skeleton scary.
0: They are so... Because like even when you have things like Jack Skellington, which is a family movie, um, but Jack Skellington as a character is still creepy. I don't like him. Don't like them. And these skeletons are not. These skeletons, they do such a good job of like working with just like this basic skull shape and still making it like exhibit these. You see what they look like in life and it has all these characteristics. It's really
1: yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. So you get th- those expressions and they're very unique characters. And he meets some of his family members and they're like, oh my god, Miguel, are you okay? And he's like, oh, I stole the guitar. And they're like, oh no. And um, then there's a- another family emergency when they realize that Elmida how do you say her name Mama Imelda Mama Imelda wasn't able to come over and they're like we gotta go so they go over the bridge or what we were talking about before and it's gorgeous this marigold bridge that is like falling from the sky but it's a bridge over and it's just gorgeous and they go to the uh, the train station or like the customs station reminded me a lot of Zootopia for some reason of like the train station there And they find her, and my god, this woman is amazing. When she, like, smashes the box.
0: This is a family movie for families. Okay. Um, Mama and Mel does a stone-cold bitch, and I love her so much. Which,
1: like, (laughs) the box, and she, like, smashes the
0: computer. Um... And we'll get into, like, why I love her so much later on as more becomes revealed. But she is the, she is the, the one left behind. She is the one who instigated the family ban on music and who built yes. her family's business
1: up from nothing. Exactly. Um, and she's like, how dare my photo not be placed? Oh, yeah. To be able to cross over, your photo needs to be put up on the altar or the ofrenda. And because Miguel took the photo, she can't go Because over. he
0: broke the frame.
1: And she is mad about it. Also,
0: she is voiced by Alana Urbach, who is the voice of Serena, or not the voice, the actress of Serena from Legally Blonde, one of Elle's best friends.
1: Oh! And I did not know that. Right? I was like, Alana
0: Urbach, why do I know that name?
1: Oh! oh interesting. Um, yeah. So we find out that they're cursed because he stole on the de- that Miguel stole on the day of the dead. So his family's cursed, and all he needs is his family's blessing so he can go back. And he's like, Oh, yeah, that's perfect. My family's here, sure. And so they're giving the blessing, and there's conditions of this. I was like, <laughs> yeah, Nah. Yeah, and this kind of like talks about just to start with, and they it resolved later, but how family. There should not be any conditions to love or support family members. Like,
0: exactly. It was so devastating. Yes. When she's like, you can, she,
1: I, I would rather my, my great-great-grandson be dead than a musician. I was like, damn. Right? And then so he's like, sure, whatever, goes. And he goes back to the land of the living. And then he's like, whatever, that's not true. Takes a guitar. Instantly goes back. And they're like, we
0: haven't even left the room yet. They're like, it's been 30 seconds.
1: Yes. And so Miguel comes up with a plan that, hey, well, my great-grandfather is Ernesto. I'm going to find him. And so he runs away and meets Hector, who is... You've seen him a couple of times trying to get to the land of living, but because no one's put up his photo, he can't go. And so he's like, oh, man, I have a photo. If you put up my photo, then I can come over. We can work as a team. Like, come on, man. I got you. You got me. Let's work together. I'll help you.
0: I'll help you. I'm friends with Ernesto. I'll help you find Ernesto, and he can give you his blessing, and then you can take my photo and put it on your ofrende, and I can go visit
1: my family. Exactly. And this is a, a kind of like a fun dynamic of them trying to, like, hide and figure out what to do and you kind of like trying to assess out like what's Hector's deal like why does no one remember him
0: Hector is like the town joke because everyone's like you're so embarrassing you died by choking on chorizo yeah you no one in your family loves you even though you want to visit them because they didn't even put your photo up on the ofrende yeah and like so he's kind of joke but one thing I do really like is that like Frida knows He's friends with Frida Kahlo, and Frida knows. Frida's I, like, no, this man's cool.
1: This man's tight. The scene with Frida was—I just wrote down art. Am I right? Because it's like, art. when she's like, envisioned, there's just like, was it a All on fire? But on it's like yes, and then but they go to a cactus, and the cactus is also me. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like it's very much like. <laughs> it's I have, me. I remember you telling me some experimental art installations you've gone to, and I was like, these sound like some of those.
0: Like, oh, I love weird art I love modern art that you look at it and you're like I don't understand this if it makes your brain hurt
1: it's good art exactly that's my motto and um, this movie like has like it's kind of been like there's like obviously the death part and like the family part but it's been pretty joyful and like not a lot of stakes except for being like oh like I'll just have to find it will be fine until you go and Hector brings Miguel down to where he lives and he goes and meets um, he tries to find a guitar and he, me, I don't remember. Because the they're he- trying
0: to get to Ernesto who is throwing a party. Yeah. Um, and he throws a contest for tickets to the party that is a music contest. So now Miguel needs to find a guitar. And I also don't remember this character's name, but he's played by the inevitable Edward James Olmos, ah. uh, who I love. He's like a sci-fi icon. He's in Blade Runner and Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Um,
1: my man. <laughs> um, yeah, but, the, oh, you were talking about this one. But the stakes all of a sudden get higher when you realize um, what happens if you are forgotten about. And what happens if, like, if your photo's not put up, okay, that just means, like, you can't cross over. And that's really unfortunate because you can't go and visit your family and see how they've grown. And But with this, if you're forgotten, which means there's no one on Earth that remembers you when you were living you they say it's your final death and you actually just disappear which kind of reminds me of
0: just the idea of the final death is is,
1: there's a saying for like dancers when they stop dancing that's their first death and it kind of yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it kind of reminded me a bit of that of like but this one is like it's your final death it's like you died but then like being remembered is what keeps you going and that i almost made our activity of like what do you want to be remembered as I was like, that's too deep for the podcast right now.
0: I was also going to say, you couldn't actually ask me any questions about, like, the afterlife or how you want to be remembered while I am in supernatural mode, <gasps> because Cass is currently trapped in the empty, which is, like, the second death, which is, yes. like, if you die, you either go to heaven or hell, and then if you're a monster, you go to purgatory, and then you find out that if you're an angel, you go to the empty, which is what has been affectionately dubbed
1: super hell by the
0: internet. Yeah. But I was
1: like, I can't comprehend the M.G. right now. But that's, it was also just the idea of, like, who lives, who dies, who tells your story.
0: Um, exactly. And it was just, like, it made me feel, I love having photos of my family, and um, one of my great-aunts is like been in this like for the past like 15 years has been really intent on making sure that like she's on my mom's side of like documenting my mom's family's history of like mm. coming over um, from Denmark and like what we're having in Canada and all these things happen and so like a couple Christmases mm. ago she sent me and my sister these gorgeous scrapbooks as our Christmas gifts that she had spent years making and researching and it's like we've got photos like copies of photos in there from like the 1800s it's yeah. insane. And it's just, like, I really love having old photos, and I love when I was still able to go to, like, thrift stores of, like, digging through frames, and, like, a lot mm. of, like, markets and stuff will sell photos, and it's something that's always really sad to me of, yeah. like, these were people who wanted this photo taken, and it's people laughing, or it's a candid, and it's a now, it's, like, no one knows who they are, this is something I buy for 25 cents mm. at Brooklyn Fleet, like, Um, But I love buying up those old photos, and I have a lot of photos in my room of people who I have no idea who they are, but I'm like, I have your photo now, and I love it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and it's being remembered as, like, when someone passes away, it's not, they're not forgotten. Like, Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: the important. and that's kind of like, we'll get to it, is a big part, plot point. Another thing I forgot to mention is the reason, another reason why he's getting the guitar is um, before he wants to go and meet his great-grandfather, he says... I want to be worthy worthy of a, the blessing. And so that's why he wants to play the guitar. Which is also really moving and also yeah. really affecting to me. Where he's yeah. like, I
0: don't just want my family to love me because we're family. I want to, them to love me for me and what I,
1: what I do. It, it can go both ways. It's one of like, I don't want them to just think I'm worthy right away. I don't just want their blessing because that's just who I am. I want them to actually love me. But also at the same time... You shouldn't have to try to earn blessings. They should also just just be inherently cared for. Right? It goes both it goes both ways, right? And it's Mm -hmm. Oh, family, am I right?
0: So this is also the point in the movie where I made a really smug note in my phone being like, I have this plot all figured out. Okay, what'd you think? So um I'm gonna tell you what I had figured out. Okay. (laughs) Um uh, because maybe anyone who's listening to this, maybe they also figured it out from our haphazard description, or they've already seen it and they know. But I was like, okay, so obviously Hector is his grandfather, yes. and Ernesto de la Cruz stole his music, and there's going to be a really dramatic third act where they're like trying to get across in time. Also, because at this point you are revealed that, or it is revealed that Coco is the gra- the daughter of the musician and yes. Mama Imelda. And you know that Coco is very old and forgetful, like, doesn't remember her daughter, which I think is also built in into why, like, Grandma uh, is so protective. Yeah, Because her own mother doesn't even, uh, remember her anyway, so I was like, okay, so Coco's memory is failing, so they need to get, uh, his photo on the friend Day before Coco forgets, and that's gonna be the big third act, and I was like,
1: <laughs> done. <laughs> um, I mean, and then... that's a lot. Like, that's, like, a lot of that stuff does happen.
0: But... Can
1: I say the other twist yeah. that I did
0: that shook me to my very core? <gasps> Ernesto de la Cruz murdered Hector. Yeah, that scene. And I was he, like, not prepared for that. I was so freaked out. I was like, "This is an evil man." I was like, "I was scared. I was scared of a Pixar film." <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like, okay, because like,
0: so you, you like, like he gets to the party eventually. Um, Miguel does, yes. and meets Ernesto de la Cruz, and is like, "I'm your grandson, your great great grandson." This is what's happened, and Ernesto yeah. de la Cruz is like, pretty pumped. And he's yeah. like, "My gra- like my grandson, wonderful. Uh, let's have a beautiful party, and then I'll send you back home with my blessing." Um, and he's just chill, and I was like, "Oh, he's just like stupid." <laughs> yep. Yeah. yep. I was like, "Oh, he's just dumb. He's just a mm. dumb, vain man." Mm. And he is a dumb, but then no, even worse, he's a smart, vain man.
1: That's the scary murdered Hector. Yeah. And it's he's so evil. Like, they have so when he takes the shot when that that his friend fades away.
0: That's okay. Yeah. From the film. So, so,
1: so, so, so yes, okay. Yes. I got so
0: excited. But like they're at the party and Ernesto la Cruz has all of these like shots of his movies and he's like quoting them along and Miguel is also having a great time quoting it along with who he thinks is his grandfather. I'm talking so fast and I'm yelling at <laughs> Okay, keep going. Um, I like the passion. And then he says, oh, I do all my own stunts. And I was like, yeah, you do, because you actually murdered your friend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, like, I, okay, the thing that you find out that it was his father, I knew pretty much as soon as I met him, because the gold tooth was also in, like, the gold tooth that Miguel put on the guitar. Um, Ah. Hector had the gold tooth. So that's how I instantly was like. I didn't
0: even notice that. Really? I was just like. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all.
1: I'm black. Uh,
0: that's, okay. um, that's okay. But I just, I was like, I. But I was like, I know how stories work. Yes, I, I know how stories work. But I was like, okay, so it's the grandfather, and this is what's going to happen, and this is how it's going to unfold. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, but then like, it does take a turn to like scary. It did two turns that I really liked actually. Okay. Um, so like you have like we're, we're skipping over like a big chunk of the that's middle because I was so pleased with figuring it out. But like yeah. you have Hector and Miguel growing closer together. They sing together mm-hmm. and do a great job. Um, and then Hector finds out that Miguel is the great-great-grandson of Mama Imelda and is kind of, like, freaked by it. And then they get into a big fight, and, like, Hec- Miguel throws the photo away, and Hector has yeah. running after it, and it's very scary, and, like, well, not scary, but, like, stressful. Yeah, I was chilled. <laughs> it when was... you find out that, like, Hector yeah. and uh, Ernesto were best friends and performing together. And I think what, like, really... Really hurt me for it was that, um, like Hector wasn't even saying, I want you to stop playing music, he wasn't even saying, like, you can't use my songs, he was just saying, I want to go home to my daughter, yeah. And it was just like so devastating that Ernesto's first reaction
1: was to commit on the side. Well, that's the thing that he realized that he is nothing without Hector, mm-hmm. and but. You don't murder someone for that, but it also like took a so. Chilling. Like he wants to go home and see his children and his child and be with his wife, and like because this one vain man decided, like, no, I'm gonna take all your shit and be mine. Now this whole family line has gone through hating through music,
0: decades of
1: hurt and
0: pain, and
1: I mean, a lot of people like, got good shoes out of it, but still.
0: I know. Good quality shoes are really hard to find. Um, (laughs) These are jokes. Obviously, it's still horrible. No, like, good shoes are really hard to find. I still don't know why I said it's so sad when I said that. I think it was because I was thinking about how I busted my winter boots last winter, and I still haven't replaced them. Oh, no. Gosh, dang it. (laughs) I gotta be warm. (laughs) Um, If you have cobbler recommendations, please send them to me. But it's just like, and then... It's so threatening, too, and it's so scary because Miguel realizes what's happened. Ernesto has Hector dragged away, and then it, uh, Miguel hasn't put the pieces together yet, so he still thinks that this murderer is his grandfather. Yeah.
1: And it's like, can you please just send me home? And then he doesn't! Okay, this is the thing, because at this moment, Ernesto de la Cruz still thinks that Miguel is his grandson. Yeah! yeah. And so he decides to and not let his great-great-grandson go back to the land of living. No, he's gonna stay here forever so that his secret of him being, like, a horrible person murdering this guy may possibly get out there. No, I'm also gonna put you in this pit and destroy you because I'm a horrible person. And I'm like... It's just, like, it
0: is some full-on, like, it is just, like, classic Disney villain, and I was not really prepared for it, which is so funny, because it's, like, a really similar plot twist, even, to what they did in Up, but it is just, like... But the thing
1: is, what I, they But do... it was, like,
0: some straight-up, like, Clayton and Tarzan and Gaston and Beauty and the Beast, just, like,
1: evil. But the thing with this, though, is I... Like, the other ones, like, the evil people go to, like, a swift end. This... How they bring down this horrible man is so satisfying. They don't just eradicate him. They... Broadcast him, then just destroy end that him. man's
0: whole career. Like,
1: just getting rid of him won't help. They need to get rid of his whole, like, image. They need to get Legacy. rid of his whole thing. Like, oh, it's so good.
0: Is this is the other thing that's just, like, really, like, oh, God, I'm sorry. We yeah, can't, like, bro, this movie is really fun and funny. And, like, I, I can't retell, retold jokes aren't funny. So just, like, watch this movie and you'll see how charming yeah. and goofy it is. But also, um, what really, really, like, I say upset, and not in, like, a bad way, but just, like, what really affected me... Is that eventually Mama Imelda and the rest of uh, the family show up to save Miguel and Hector is also there? And at this point, Miguel has realized Hector is his grandfather and he's so excited. He's like, You're a musician like me. We're connected. I'm so happy. And they said, I'm proud to be your family.
1: And I'm like, I'm proud to
0: be your family. I've (sighs) got to get home so I can put your picture on the Ofrende and you can come visit us because you're my family. And then Mama Imelda comes and you realize that, like, Mama Imelda has known this whole time that it's Hector and just, like, has no patience for her husband and will not accept an apology and this is when i was like damn stone cold bitch like respect because she was i think one thing i wanted is that like i was like oh she doesn't know that hector is her husband so they're she's going to be really emotional when they're reunited except it's not it's her been keeping her arm's length because she is still really hurt and i'm like why wouldn't you be you didn't like he he got murdered but he still left but he she didn't know he got murdered i know like she didn't know he got murdered so she but like as far as he she's concerned he died when he was going to come back but she's still so mad that he left and i was like i appreciate that like you built this character who is so formidable she like rules the family um and not in a bad way she's just like she's the boss um but like she's just so formidable and so emotional like I, I she just does, does really such a good job that she was like so protective and of her family and so hurt by the very real pain that her husband leaving her and her young daughter caused and it sucks and it's just made me so angry even more mm. at Ernesto that I'm like this family could have been together in life they could have been together in death and you screwed them over both times and you're trying to do it again
1: yeah exactly it made me so mad and so mad. also to go back to Mama Imelda, what a fitting spirit guide she has of this, like, giant... Is it like... It has a name. It's like a cat. Like a cat Maybe with a it's wing. it's... It's gorgeous. And it's so fierce, but, like, near the end it gets soft because it's, it's still, like, caring. And, yeah, because I think the way that I read it was that she... Thought that he left, and then I don't think she knew he was ever trying to come back. I thought she just thought he just died and and like choked to death, like not that yeah. he was coming back or anything. She finds out eventually, and there's a great scene where she like finds Ernesto and like hits him, and she's like, "You killed the love of my life," and he's like, "I'm the love of your life," and she's like, "I don't know, I'm still so mad at you."
0: <laughs> I know, and I liked I liked that she was like she wasn't like yeah whatever she was like I don't
1: know I yeah. Don't know and you find out that like she also loved music and she's an amazing singer and that was like something so precious to her and that, that when they did he left, together
0: like their whole house used to be full of music
1: and that pain and anger is understandable and like but continues going on it kind of is like like you need truth before you can reconcile you know like there's so mm-hmm. much especially when you don't know the truth or the truth is not being spoken of and you just, like, ignore it. It doesn't go away. And, like, you get this family reunion. And, again, like in the mortal world where they hate music, now they've bonded together with their hate of Ernesto de la Cruz. (laughs) They're like, Of Ernesto de la Cruz. (laughs) We will destroy this man.
0: (laughs) Yes. So they they basically crash his big concert that he's throwing for the Day of the Dead that he throws at Sunrise. They're, like, really running out of time. And yeah. Miguel manages to get the photo back, and they're like trying to send it back, and then Ernesto shows up and destroys the photo, which was also very distressing. Where I was like, "Is Hector gonna die?" <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about Ernesto's very fitting? Ernesto's very yes. fitting yes. Okay, end? so
1: because it they, is, good. they're trying to like take the photo back, and then there's hijinks on stage, and everyone's like, "What's going on?" And then eventually they like go backstage, and Ernesto has Miguel. Um, and he is trying, he's like, no, like, the truth will never get out, like, your family is all these things and, like, saying horrible stuff. And he goes and, like, is yelling at this child and their family is behind and they kind of just, like, move the camera slightly and, like, press play so everyone, pretty much everyone in the land of the dead are seeing... Ernesto pretty much like belittle this family straight up try child, to murder a child through Miguel off of the top of a building don't worry he's okay um it's so evil so everyone sees how horrible he is he says pretty much no one's gonna know or ever gonna find out that like that Hector is the real artist who actually made the music and he will never know just and insert that ev- TikTok sound
0: here no one's gonna know they're gonna know how would they know they're gonna know
1: Yes, yes, oh yes, exactly. So everyone knows, and he goes back on stage, he's like, hey everyone, I'm great, and they're like, boo! <laughs> like, no, this is horrible, he's like, what's happening? And then um, this spirit animal comes and takes him and like th- th- chucks him out, and very fitting, he, gets, he hits a bell, and how he died in the mortal world is that a giant bell fell on him and killed him, and you know what happens this time? The exact same thing, folks, and that's what I call redemption.
0: <laughs> I can hear the bells. Uh, I know. Also, a uh, comedic bit I really enjoyed is the person coming back, the skeleton coming back with popcorn, being like, "What did I miss?" <laughs>
1: it's, yeah, he's like, he's like so excited for a concert. Everyone's like, "No," um, but the movie's not over yet because Hector starts to like shake, and all of a sudden, like, he's "Oh being God!" Forgot Coco's forgot f- forgetting, and like that. The plot of like forgetting stuff is like very emotional because like I like have grandparents that are becoming forgetful, or I had grandparents that did, and like. That idea of, like, not remembering is very scary. They they give Hector and Mama Imelda, give their blessing, and they say specifically, no conditions. That made me emotional. That's when I started crying. It's
0: really good where it is just, like, we are not done with being angry, but, like, we are done with being angry at each other. Yes.
1: We are done with putting conditions on which we raise... Or our the, children, our and children, or the ways that we respect each other or show respect to each other is not by stopping someone. Exactly, and they're like, "We, you have our blessing," and I'm like, "Hell yeah!" So he he goes back and he tries to go find Coco, but his family's like, "No, no, like, no, you can't go in." And he's like, locks the door and runs up to Coco and's like, "I'm gonna pl- like remember your father," and she can't remember it, and it's like so tragic, and like Coco is such a frill little lady and she like the wrinkles in her skin and you can see she like her eyes she can't remember anything and it's so this is just like such a harrowing scene because
0: miguel shows up with his grandfather's guitar and it's not stealing from the dead anymore because it's given with his grandfather's blessing yeah um and, like, so he starts up with this guitar, and the grandma, abuela is so angry at him having the guitar. And so he busts into great-grandma Coco's room, and it's just, like, there's just, like, the fear of the family is so real. Because you can tell this is all something that, like, they're, like, preemptively grieving of, like, losing this woman mm. and losing Coco. And... It's just, like, they all just want to, like, protect her because, like, she had this very sad thing happen to her when she was younger, and they all still just want to protect her, and they don't know how, and it's just, like, there's this, like, very real hurt in this family, and it's just, like, really harrowing of Miguel trying to get her to remember, and it's just, like, it made me, like, I, I emailed my grandma this morning, and
1: I was like, I love you, my I love you,
0: grandma. Oh. Um, And it was just also make me think of my other grandma who, like, did have dementia and it's just like I remember for like one of the last times I visited her and it was just like you would like it was not like the grandma I grew up with and then I remember one of the last times it's like she did just crack a joke that was in my class, like classic grandma humor very cutting <laughs> um, and I was just like it was just like I remember like getting home that night and just crying because so I was like that was my grandma and we had like that one moment and it was just like and so like when he's playing for Coco and it's like I just need to see
1: you one more time well, because the whole thing is that if, like, when Hector died, he's like, oh, like, I can never see Coco. And he couldn't go over during the Day of the Dead, so he can't And say see goodbye her. to her. So he's like, I, the only time I'll get to see her is when, like, maybe when she dies in the land of the dead. But sh- if but she she's forgets. she's the
0: last one who remembers him.
1: He, they, they will never be reunited. So he's like, I gotta make this happen. It makes me so angry at Ernesto because Coco is old. <laughs> yes. It's been a long time. Yes. And so they play this song, Remember Me. And because that's the song he used to play to Coco, which is super sweet. Because, like, when he was leaving, he's like, Remember Me, I'm a musician. And, like, it's uh, it's so emotional. Because, like, even, like, me growing up, my dad worked out of town, like, two weeks off and two weeks on. So, like, just the fact like, that this dad schedule. being like, Remember Me, like, I'll be there. Like, like, just that comfort. It's like, oh, yes. It's just so... So nice, and then she remembers and she starts to sing. And then the whole family bursts in the door and they see Mama Coco singing. And then she starts talking about her father. And you can see, like, the family all of a sudden realizes, like, there's music, they hate music, music should not be allowed. But seeing their great grandmother smile trumps that
0: completely. and like one thing that i really really enjoyed also is that like the family actually busts in before she remembers and before he even starts playing so like they're just mad that he would like what would they see like he's like yelling at her to remember and they're just so mad that he would try to upset coco and then like obviously like the this moment of acceptance comes with his family after he finishes playing and after she remembers but it's actually at a point where like even before then his mom is like no you want to play the guitar for her play and then so they all get to see that journey of him being like oh. i can do this i can play and coco, like they don't bust in after she remembers they get to see yeah. it happen and i was like
1: oh man a lot about legacy and and, and it's it's so because coco you find that Coco has the little piece of paper that was ripped from the and they photo. have another
0: photo of him, and she also also kept all his letters where he wrote about the songs that he had done.
1: Yeah, <sighs> I love the ending song too, and it's just about like me, Familia, and like we kind of like there's music, and it's obviously it's about like music, and it's a musical, so there are some music, but it's not like a musical of, like, we're singing about random stuff, there's just music being I feel like it's a a film, it's a music film, not a musicale. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And just that importance of music and how, like, music can help you remember things or bring you back to a certain time and how moving music can be. And it shouldn't be something that's hidden or ashamed of, like, no matter what type of genre of music, if it speaks to you, any type of art, really. Like, Frida is doing all this thing with herself on flames and, like, if that speaks to someone, like, do it. If it speaks to you, just the act of you doing it is enough. You know. Ugh.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anywho, that's Coco. That's Coco. <laughs> Coco was
0: a really good time. Like the with the scene with the, with the titular Coco, um, really got me. Where I was just like, it's just like this. Like Miguel's family has such a sense of I've said that before, uh, familiarity with one another. And so, like, this moment when he gets to play is just this, like, mass exhale for all of them. And it's really moving.
1: So, Emma, what are your... Final thoughts on the movie Coco, would you watch it again? Would you recommend it? My final thoughts
0: were that last night I texted my mom and was like, Mom, you should watch Coco, (laughs) because I know she hasn't seen it either. (laughs) So those were my final thoughts. Like, we we talked about moving away from, like, a star rating system, because that's just not detailed enough for us. Yeah. Um, So I think, like, now it's, like, now that you've heard of Coco. My mom also hadn't heard of Coco, so. Oh, oh no. (laughs) I feel like if Um, I would recommend Coco to my mom,
1: she'd just cry a lot. But, I mean, I also cry know. I know.
0: I know well, it was the thing that I texted my mom and I was like, "Mom, you should watch Coco." and then yeah. I was like, "Oh no, I know that my family will be very affected by Coco, but also I think my family would really like Coco." Yeah. I knew, I knew no matter what I was going to Actually, I, I didn't know no matter what that I was going to like Coco. I was very confident I was going to like Coco, but like I do have some Disney and Pixar films that I don't enjoy. So I was like, "Hope it's not one of those." And it wasn't. it was really good and really nice. I um yeah, you mentioned earlier, like, you you love this movie, you wouldn't say it's your favorite one, I don't even know what my favorite Pixar movie would be.
1: Yeah, that's, Dude. I think, my favorite Pixar, like, I really like Up, and WALL-E. I was also thinking Up, I was also like, I think
0: Up is my favorite, but then Toy Story 2 was my favorite for a really long time, because I love Jessie the Cowgirl.
1: Oh, Toy Story 3, yeah. though, gets you in the heartstrings, it was, like, made for yeah, when like, we were going. Oh,
0: but Toy that. Story 2 has Sarah McLachlan, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs>
1: true. I mean... Pixar does such a good job with films. Um, I think what happened is, like, when I first watched Coco, I was like, that that was emotional, that was good. I think when I watched it for this podcast, I watched it, and I think, like, a lot has happened since 2017. I think another reason why I probably was more emotional is that since then, I lost both of my grandmoms. So I think that has an impact on my Mm -hmm. viewing of this film, but it also... Just, like, with holiday traditions and things changing and the way the world is right now, I feel that the sense of family and the sense of belonging and the importance that music is having on my life right now, I think I was just like, damn. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw Coco alone in the theater, which I love going to the movies by myself, so it's fine. And I watched oh, shit, this alone it by myself, press. but I enjoyed this movie, for watching it a second time, way more than I thought I enjoyed it the first time, so... I think it has a good rewatchability, because you know what's going to happen, but it's more of, like, again, just how gorgeous this film is.
0: It's it's an absolutely gorgeous film, and it's, like, it really is just, like, it is a visual delight, and it is, I have to say, like, the dark twist really got me, because I was, like, Mm. I know what's going to happen in this movie, (laughs) and I did, but also I didn't. Um, And, yeah, it was just... And I'm also... It's really good. It does have a very strong watchability. I just am, like, a huge sucker for families. Stories about
1: families. Right. Found or otherwise. I'm really glad that we got to do this because, like Emma was saying, like, I was trying to figure out what movie to watch to, like, recommend for this week. And Coco has been on my list since we started brainstorming the idea of the podcast. And it wasn't the fact I'm like, this is my favorite movie ever, you need to watch it. I was just like, I want Emma to watch this. Like, I want her to experience this film. And, like... And
0: I'm really happy I did. Otherwise, I just, like, would have continued not watching it. It would have been one of those ones where you're like, I know I'm gonna like it, but I'm not in the mood today. So, like, I really
1: do need that accountability of being like, watch
0: this (laughs) movie, you have a deadline.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. And just the idea of, like, being there for someone unconditionally and, like, this is about family, but, like, You could easily like replicate this of like found family, sense of belonging anywhere, and I think it's important that people feel like this whole podcast, like our ending thing, is like, like what you like because your opinion is valid. But like the first part is like, like what you like, your opinion is valid. Like I want, like in at the end, like there's no conditions. Like if you like something, you like it. You like music, you shouldn't be reprimanded because I don't like it. If If you talking shit about about
0: supernatural, though, your opinions aren't valid and you're incorrect. I'm sorry.
1: See, hence why I say that part and Emma says that part. Do you guys get the dynamic? Do you see it? You I see know. I've like I'm working
0: I've been working really hard while we're recording this to be like open and understanding about things and being like, I know that it's not for me, but I know that Jenny loves it. But when do you're gonna hit on something that I think is truly rank and it's gonna be a difficult time for both of us? <laughs> I know. I know.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't come because it didn't come today. So It definitely today
0: was a delight. Today was like a uh, uh, just a uh, delight. Uh, I was gonna say Urburos uh, of joy, but that doesn't make any sense. It does not. Um But it's just it was something I knew I was gonna like and it but it was just an intense gratification of knowing that Jenny knew I was gonna like it.
1: <laughs> Yay!
0: Yay! Then I was gonna make a gross snotty cry face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So for today's activity, I I sent out this to Emma in advance, but I definitely did not give myself enough advance, and I was like, I need like a week to think about this because I want it to be really good. But I also
0: is- have one that I actually don't know the name of, but I know you'll remember the name of.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Let me explain what it is. So this activity, it's so, well so this movie a lot has to do with music and how music can remind you of someone. It can um, bring you back to a memory and how important, like, sounds are and all that stuff. So, like, Terry today was that we, I have tasked each other to pick, I said two, but I think we have more, so we'll see, um, songs that when we listen to, we automatically think of the other person. This could be automatically think of a time we were together or automatically think of... Um, like, it listen to a song, you're like, oh, this is just the essential essence of Emma or Jenny. And I want to do this activity because I think more people should be aware of this, of how, like, sight is, like, a good way to remember, or smells. But, like, y- the things that you hear and experience also has such importance and impact. Um, wanna I want to go
0: first. I also want to say, I saw like, I saw your text message when I woke up this morning. Um, And at first I just saw it was, like, a song that makes you think of, and I was like, oh, like, think think of, like, a specific, and I saw the word specific memory, and I was like, I'm just going to bring her songs that make me think of Dean Winchester. Then I said that the challenge is actually songs that make me
1: think of you, and I was like, oh, that makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, don't get get me wrong, I didn't want to be like, tell me about me. It was more of, like, I want to see, like, this is an activity I think people should, how we think of each other, but also I want other people to do this with other people they know if they, I don't know if people do that when we do challenges they do it themselves, but, like, I think it would be cool if you, like, t- if you have a friend you haven't seen you in a while and be like, hey, I listened to this song it really makes me think about you or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, it either makes me think about you or I think you'd like it or, like, it reminds me of that time. And so for me, I, like, God bless Spotify. Bitch loves a mix CD. Um, <laughs> and I used to make, like, my, my DV- Ugh, I refuse to get rid of my 10 year old laptop because it's got a DVD drive and I don't want to lose the ability to burn Same. CDs also the DVD drive has been broken for the past three years so like <laughs> I really gotta uh, get up on that um no. but um I have made untold amounts of mixed CDs for Jenny yes. and so one of the songs I thought of that made me laugh thinking about it I was listening to it the other day actually um is I'm we lived in residence on university for first year and then in second year decided to move in together with a third friend and I made um, both of them like matching mixed CDs of this playlist of like I think this is going to be us next year and one of them is Five Years Time by Noah and the Whale. Yes. Um, and this one makes me laugh because I l- remember playing it for you and you were both like this song is sad because the song is like Um, In five years' time, we're going to do all. In five years' time, we might not get along. In five years' time, we might not speak at all. In five years' time, you might just prove me wrong. And you were like, this song is sad. They don't talk. And I was like, no, we're going to prove each other wrong. Jenny and I are still best friends. We have not spoken to the third person, though. (laughs) no <laughs> but i was like so i loved that because i like, very distinctly remember both of you being like why did you pick this song for us and i was like it's nice guys it's nice
1: and we talked about that in a laurel roll marling
0: episode oh my god i told you the story already oh my god i can't believe i'm telling the story again nice. and then i well then i'll also just tell a different story about a song i put on that mixtape which is i put on fuck you by lily allen because that was very much my attitude to everyone who weren't. Jenny and our other roommate and I remember you putting that mix CD on for your
1: mom, being like, "I made this song, this mix CD of songs that make me make her think of me." And then the song that came on was "Fuck You," and your mom was like, "Why are you living with this person?" Okay, straight. On, as soon as you said that, in my head I was like, "I'm going to tell the story about my mom," but then you used to start telling it was like shit. <laughs> because legit, I used to skip the song, like- and it used to be in her car. And then one time, my sister was in the car, and they didn't skip it, and my mom was like, "I've never heard this one." I didn't know the song was <laughs> the CD. And I was like, because every time there's a swear word and I'm in the car and it's my CD, she's like, Jenny. But if it's Lisa, she's like, oh, whatever. I was like, cut. <laughs> okay, I'll do the next one. I'll do the next one for you. We'll go back and forth. Okay. Okay. My song is... I. This also is Back to Memory Time, first year university. This is... not. This song is not only like a pinnacle of not my introduction to who you are but also as a example of the potential of who i could be and it's the song i am woman from helen Reddy. oh my god (laughs) so um (laughs) this song like i've always been pretty like uh, they're like Oh we need strong boys I was like I'm, a, I'm not a boy But I'm the strongest one in the class Like I'm gonna do it. I was pretty much like Woman power But like A quiet one at the same time And then Emma, I met Emma, and you were very much like, Women are the best! We're gonna do all the things! We could do anything! And I remember you playing this song, and we were in residence, and you were on the balcony just screaming, I am woman! And it was just like... <laughs> the song was also playing at the time. I was really, like, <laughs> dialed into Eleven. And it was, like, pretty early of when I met you, but, like, I felt like in that moment I knew who you were, but also, like, I also saw you as, like, man, like, this person is ready for the world and she's like unapologetically herself and needs the world to know that she is okay with who she is and i was like hell yeah so every time i listen to that song i hear that song i'm like emma it's emma it makes me very emotional and (laughs) makes me feel very cool (laughs) yeah so that's my first pick Is that one okay
0: my i was like I also was, like, really drawn to songs that, like, we introduced to each other right when we were, like, first met, like, when we were Mm. 18, and I was like, I should try and pick some songs that aren't just from from that year, but it's really tricky, so if we're gonna go over two, then I'm gonna do another one um, from first year, which is, like, this is all literally, like, songs, like, memories from, like, the first week that we met, Um, but, like, it's university and everyone's just like desperately like I gotta get a friend and um I think I told this story about how Jenny and I became friends because I thought she looked really cool and I walked up and said hey do you want to be my friend? Super effective tactic. It actually recommend. is because I
1: also thought the same thing. I was like she's really cool. You just seemed like so you caught a bee in the air. Um, <laughs> she
0: caught a bee with her hand it was really exciting. I
1: did. It happens um, more than you think
0: guys. <laughs> amazing. But then uh like that night it was like our second night in res or something or not maybe not second night but like in the first week and you were like i have a binder full of movies yes and i was like good so do i and you put on tangled which i had never seen so i always think of you when i listen to i see the light because it makes me think of like how much your love of disney has like i was also very dismissive of disney world back in the day like i thought it was cool but i was also like disney world and then now i realize that it Mm. is magical and but it's just like i always just like the tangled experience is so entangled in my relationship with you but like i see the light it's (laughs) just like was a really old moment for me because it was the first time you got to see me witness a movie and i did just lie on the ground and you were like um i think but also it was just like (laughs) jenny it was just like this beautiful Presence who showed up in my life and was like here's this wonderful thing and then it was a movie about like finding your people and finding Aww. your family and then like i remember really loving the music and then i remember buying it at the end of the year uh of the school year and listening and like going home to my family for the summer and being like we need to watch tangled it's jenny's favorite movie
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, like sorry it? I. F- <laughs> this is turning us to us just being like you're the best no you're the best
0: but like you are the best i love you so <laughs> Um, uh, okay, I have, like, two more. Can we just blitz through these? Sorry, you just... Okay, me. I have... I, I only Jenny said one. Oh, my God. I got so, so excited. excited. Okay, one. your turn. Go.
1: Okay. <laughs> my yeah. other one is, is also Disney-related. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is this song, There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, <laughs> from yeah. Disney World. It's from Rex Allen, but um, it is from the Carousel of Progress ride in Disney World. And I've been on it before, but... Again, I, we probably talked about it a bunch of times. The trip that me and Emma went on in 2018 is probably one of the happiest times of my life, That's and the most perfect holiday in my entire it was life, best. And this ride, like we went on it once, but it was just like a hot day. We're like, can we just do this? And We sat down, we listened to it, and it was a nice time. But it's also like a lot of the intro music to Magic Kingdom, like had this song on loop. So every time I listen to it, it makes me really happy and reminds me of a time when we got to just like be together and I also have like a sweater that says A Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow and it's like a reminder of like one day we'll see each other again like <laughs> it will be great everything will be great and I put it on a mix CD for you once and so that's why it also reminds me of you I listen to it a lot it's so <laughs> good
0: oh, I love A Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow I also love the Carousel of Progress
1: down and up together you anyway yes so there's that one as well
0: can I do another one? yeah Okay, so this is a song I don't remember the name of. Okay, um, but Jenny had a big pentatonic phase. I did. Um, Standing your truth, and yes. I had moved out of Victoria and then came back. And her and her third roommate picked me up at the airport, and uh, I was oh. like, I was like, let's. G-. I was so I was so giddy. Like I had been back in Yellowknife. I had been living with my parents for, like, I mean, not even that long. they guys gonna things like so many, like six months, but I like so desperately missed you guys and was like really giddy to show yes. up. So I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> um, and then I was like, so I got in the car and I feel like it was kind of late and I was like, Really hyped up, and I was like, "Let's crank the bass!" And we were like, "We don't have any bass-heavy songs." And Jenny was like, "Here!" And you put on a pentatonic
1: song, and we cranked up the bass. And so then it got to Abby's part, and the whole car just started shaking. Like the, the phone of the GPS like is... fell to the ground. We're like, oh <laughs> and like whatever was in the doors was like shaking. <laughs> and the whole car was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh my god!" What's what song? It was definitely, yeah. I feel like it, was it the Daft Punk melody? I think it was the Daft Punk melody. Because there was, like, a specific part of it. we're like, and also we're like, I remember the person who was driving us was like, holy shit. And I was <laughs> like, oh, <my> God. that <laughs> was like, too much bass. I was like, someone's voice can do that. That is impressive. Oh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Music, man. Music is important. And... Like, I recently found this song on Spotify that, like, I haven't thought about in forever. I was like, man, like, songs just, like, bring you back to a different time. And it's amazing. And it's great. And music not only can, like, transport you back, but, like, when you're introduced to new music, like, sometimes you can listen to something and you're like, this sounds familiar. Not because it's, like, a rip off of another song or anything. It's just it speaks to you so profoundly that, you like, you don't remember not knowing it, you know? And it's I do
0: music. Um I also slam jammed a couple extra picks, so if you had one more
1: music song, you could song. Okay, I'll quickly there's I'll I have like I I definitely slam jammed some extras in there. I have some three extra ones. I'll do them real quick. Ready? One is Life's a Happy Song from the Muppets movie. Even though I was not there there when everyone saw it. But I remember we were like, run like. oh my god, I always forget, you were at the Grey Cup, weren't I you? I was at the Grey Cup, so I wasn't there. But I, I was there when we are all in a circle, screaming, singing that song. Um, that song. Um, Sydney, I'll Come Running. God, 18 runnin'. year olds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Sydney, I'll Come Running by Brent Derman. I put it on one of your CDs once, and it's pretty much like, no matter what, like, I'll come running, I'll come knocking down those doors, like, I will stand by you, like, that song and the other one also in the great history of mixtapes i okay hold on
0: also in the great history of mixtapes i was like i don't know what song that is and you said it and i was like oh that one track like i don't remember track
1: number like track four or whatever i straight up was like going through through old cds and like listening to songs but they none of them had labels so it was like track 11 i was like what what i couldn't find there was one song i still don't remember what it was one but um the other one is i don't think i've ever sent you this one but it's a bts song From their most, um, from their one album, from the Map of the Soul seven album, um, called Friends, and it's a song that V and Jimin sing, and it's just a song about their friendship that they wrote, and it is adorable. And they pretty much talk about like, oh, like oh yeah, that time we had that one fight was like epic or, um, all these things. But like the, the chorus is one day when these cheers die down stay hey you're my soulmate for eternity keep staying here stay you're my soul longer than seven summers and cold winters longer than the the numerous promises and memories and it's just like my head's going to explode uh i have to send you this song it is so and they talk about like oh remember in our like school uniforms cuz they were both um born in the same year so they they went to school together for a bit um and it's just them like one's lo- like they talk about how one of them has a really small like pinky finger and like it's just It's so adorable, but near the end, like, it gets to, like, this cheering and it's like, hey, you are my soul. And I just, like, scream sing it and I always think of you because it's, like, these two friends that have known each other for so long and, like, we never went through, like, really, uh, like, oh, they're so, they're close friends but they fight all the time. Like, we didn't do that. But, like, it was still, like, all the things that we have gone through and, like, being still friends and being like, you know what, like, we're so... You know? So it's like, hell yeah. It's great. And it makes me think of you all. We
0: are. Okay. Can I...
1: Can I also do one more?
0: (laughs) Yes. Maybe we can get this down. Um, okay, I like that you introduced the idea of just, like, songs that make you think of a person and aren't tied to a specific memory. Yes. Um, and also, I do want to listen to that because I seriously need some more butt-kicking, energetic music because I've been listening to the classic Emma Sad Girl music. I've been listening to Boy mm. Genius a lot
1: lately when we were ah. doing
0: practice episodes for this. We did a Boy Genius episode. Um, yes. And I've been listening to the song "Catch 'Em Idaho, pretty much on repeat. And the general gist of Catch Idaho is, like, the perspective of the three musicians in the band... Uh, the three men in the band singing about how hard it is to be on tour away from your home, I and mean, when you're only ever able to be at home for like a day or two at a time, are you even really there? Mm. Um, and it's got uh, one line where it's you, uh, where they're talking about being on the phone with someone you love, and it's you say, How are you? I say, I don't know. Um, nothing to say, just stay on the phone. And yeah. it's like this recurring motive of like just wanting to be with someone and it's a song that is so fundamentally about being alone. But I just have this Jenny and I have always wanted to go camping together and we've never yeah. been able to. And I just have this vision of us sitting by a lake <gasps> listening to this song because when I listen to this song and like the chorus of it is uh oh. I am never anywhere, anywhere I go. When I'm home, I'm never there long enough to know. And it's just that matter of like for me, home isn't a place. Home Mm. is a person. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, like, how at home I feel when I'm with you. Oh, God! (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry. This is so nakedly emotional.
1: Um, But Um, I was just
0: like, I've been, like... I think every episode ends with me being like I can't wait to see you again yeah. but it's just I was like I can't wait I keep listening to these songs that I love that aren't tied to memories of us and I'm like I'm gonna make them this sounds so creepy I'm gonna make a memory <laughs> with Jenny to this song <laughs> but I'm just like picturing us like sitting by a campfire or sitting by a lake and listening yeah. to this song and just knowing that when that happens I will feel so
1: peaceful oh, so <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> hanging on by a thread <sighs> can't cry again today really <laughs> can't do time. this again
0: <laughs> we're saving the tears for more now that we have both been extremely emotional um I hope you enjoyed that if you did, tell your friends you can find us on Apple Podcasts Google Play or Spotify At and a bunch and of other friends. ones apparently a bunch of other ones but I don't know what those are so they don't get to be part of my spiel <laughs> um, you can also find us on Twitter or try- are you impressed with how professional I'm trying to be right now? I know you can also find us on twitter or toddler hi-ho podcast uh one of the most useful things you can do is uh subscribe rate review on apple podcast or your podcatcher of choice you can also email us at at gmail.com or check out some playlists we make if you want to hear more songs that make us excessively and nakedly emotional uh, on our Spotify account, HiHo Podcast. Uh, we did a really, uh, I would say, energetically angry for November, which I think has actually served me very well, because sometimes you just got to get like the kicks out. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> the kick punches exactly. out,
0: um, and that's a good one for that. And I think we'll be doing some Christmas tracks for December that are a really good time. Yeah.
1: So I think... Let me look at a calendar...
0: The next episode will be out on the 7th of December, which means we'll be doing a Christmas movie. Yeah! Which is also my pick. Yes! I'm very excited, because I have a
1: Christmas classic that
0: you've never seen. And That's I've true. seen approximately 27 times in my life.
1: <laughs> yes, so for December, we're going to do Christmas movies. We're not going to do, like, one every week like we did for Halloween, just because um, we're working ladies. We're working ladies now. And also, we've we've seen more... Christmas movies than we've seen Halloween movies. Yeah, it's harder to find ones that we haven't watched. Exactly. Um, But we do have two that I believe, like, my favorite movie, almost one of my favorite movies of all time, and a classic movie I haven't seen. So I'm very excited. Um, So yeah, so please look forward to that. And um, as always, without any conditions, remember to like what you like because your opinion is valid. For this one
0: episode, I will leave my part off, and in favour say, Death Canon Cannon Bitches, see you all in the
1: after, <laughs> after-, <laughs> after days. <laughs>